Hello, listeners. Really important announcement that the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast are about to make. We are on board with a beautiful, beautiful GoFundMe page. And what we're doing is raising awareness for this beautiful little girl named Kirsten, who's four and a half and is suffering from SMA, which is spinal muscular atrophy. We are going to help Kirsten race with her daddy. And in order to do that, we need to raise enough money to get a push chair. So what we have done is we've set up a GoFundMe page and it is Kirsten's race SMA push chair. Let's make this little girl's dreams come true. You can hear more about that uh, whole initiative on episode 48 of our show. Uh, we have Kirsten's dad on, and uh, Wayne is a great guy. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, we just uh, you know, really listen to what he has to say. And, and uh, you know, it really inspired us to do something good for them. And uh, we hope that you can come along and help us out with that as well. Uh, the show is also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, create positive change in your life with online health coaching programs with High Five Health and Fitness. Have us out at your school to promote better health in children. Uh, High Five Health and Fitness is doing that all. Uh, you can find out more information at highfivehealthandfitness.com. Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone is also brought to you by Conti Fitness and Wellness, where you can find online and live workshops, personalized group training, health coaching, children's health and fitness, functional exercise for autoimmunes, arthritis, online yoga programs, facial exercise, rehabilitation, running, dancing, and more. Train with Christine at ContiFitness.net. In addition, you want to feel your best. You want the best in neuroscience that's out there to reduce pain, increase mobility, and just all around feeling good. Try out the latest from Vox Life. That's voxxlife.com backslash Christine Conti and get insoles, the best in socks. And you know what? You're going to feel your best. Please do us a favor and uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, you know, whether you're listening on your phone or, you, you know, going directly through iTunes, you know, if you just go to that our page and, and subscribe, if you're on an app, look us up, find it, subscribe. When the new show comes out, you'll get an update and uh, you can listen to us online. It really goes a long way in helping us spread our message of health, life and longevity. Uh, for all this information and more, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. Peace and love. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Uh-huh. How pumped are you? I'm so pumped. We are coming off of episode 51 with Kershaw Anthony, who... Kerboomka! And Kerboom Kids! <laughs> He was freaking awesome. He was. He's like, I had said in the episode, he's like a firecracker. He's just got the look. He's got the brand. He's got the heart. He's got the hustle. And he's changing the lives of people every day. Like from the very first time his voice hit the airwaves, it was like, what up, what up, what up? Right. It, was like, it was perfect. I said, all right, we got one. He's just, he's, <laughs> he's such a presence and such a positive you know, person in this world that it really, it makes me so happy to, to feel that energy when he wasn't even in the studio yet. It kind of, yeah. I know you, you all listening must've felt it as well. And he's helping kids. Yeah. And that is where we're going to bridge to episode 50, 
What are we up to? 52. 52. I love it. And Judy L- Lobianco. Lobianco. It's just a fun name to say. Yeah. I'll never say it the right way. I'll say, hey, Judy Lobianco. It's great. It's like you're an announcer announcing like this big deal, which actually she is a pretty freaking big deal. She's a pretty freaking big deal. She not only has been a teacher for 26 years, but she just happens to mm-hmm. take on a very, very important role in this, wait for it, country. <laughs> she is the president of Shape America. America. Uh, uh-huh. Do you hear that? America. America. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know what that is, Shape America actually is a amazing, I guess, company or program. Program. Yeah, it's, it's a group. That advocate, yeah, an advocate for physical education, health teachers across America, and they provide literally programs and continuing education, professional development for teachers to really actually to to provide teachers with information to make them innovative. Physical education teachers, most mm-hmm. specifically, Absolutely. yeah, they really focus on the on the health and. Uh, you know, physical uh, education that uh, that goes on throughout the country. So, like anybody listening that has children in schools, uh, public schools, and and they are greatly influenced by everything that Shape America does. Uh, Judy is fantastic. You're gonna love her. She's got energy times a thousand, and she lives locally. So we had her come into the studio. We love the guests yeah. that are, we yeah. got to behave a little bit, not really, when yeah. people come, or maybe like. You know, I actually put on, like, big girl clothes today, <laughs> as opposed to normally my sweaty self. <laughs> but, and, you know, and, and which is so great because, you know, not that we don't like the, the people that, that call in or Skype in, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a, it's just a great energy having her here and, and, you know, and, and, uh, she was awesome. Uh, she's a ton of has a ton of information. Uh, she's really got her point across on just about everything that we hoped that she would share with us because mm-hmm. it is a pretty, um, you know, uh, broad encapsulating uh, uh, program that you know that that uh, Shape America covers a lot. Um, you know, you think about it. There's 50 million, you know, student kids yeah. in in the country. Uh, and you know that these programs are designed for each and every one of them uh, in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, really, really um, informative for me, uh, for sure. Christine, acts, uh, obviously, being the educator, was a little bit more up on it. But uh, you know, it's good to know. And, and it was also cool for me to connect some of the things that I see my kids coming home with from school and some of the initiatives and programs that they're doing uh, uh, with Shape America, and just seeing that like that connection and. More than anything, that energy. How cool is it to, I mean, for for those of us listening, most of us are older, right? And, you know, we think about fitness and wellness and what that means and we're trying to prevent disease. Well, what's crazy is that really everything starts with with the kids and we need to be more proactive. And and Judy is literally like eats, sleeps, breathes, you know, innovation and inspiration for kids. And again, what Brian and I hope is that we can change and inspire you all to move. Yeah. And Judy has really taken this and, 
and made it her life's work to bring it to kids. And, and she's going to tell you her goal is that it's 50 million strong. It's what she wants yes. to, you know, to inspire everyone and, and, um, running these, <laughs> these huge undertakings of conventions for, you know, teachers across America. And then, you know, she spoke about how she does one for the state. Again, we're in the state of New Jersey. So she, she does something locally for our state, but every single state, has these, these initiatives and you know and she's going to talk a little bit about what what it means to you know to to work with kids and to and why it's so important to start with them and to educate them that's the and that's the that's the the hook with all of this right there's no more important topic subject area that needs to be addressed than people the people's health it's really all we have what's right? the most important thing in life your health. And if you don't say that, then your right. priorities are out of whack. And what's the most important population that really needs for, you know, grassroots effort or, or, or if we are going to do anything to improve health. Pick or, me, or, pick or, me, you, pick you know, me. You, Christine Conte. Kids. Kids. So we have, you know, it's it's really an amazing, amazing outfit that, that she is happens to be the president of. And uh, she came into the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone dungeon to uh, to lay down some tracks with us. And we had a She's a hoot. You guys are really going to like this. She's she's fun, informative, and she's really got it going on. So, um, with that said, let's uh, let's crank the music and get to Judy Lobianco, the president of Shape America. El presidente. Peace. Christine Conte and I'm Brian Prendergast and we are two fit crazies and a microphone we are where it's at Brian how are you doing today I'm splendid splendid that's a new adjective you haven't used I'm that running one out yet. of adjectives it's 52 episodes and you've asked me every time how I'm doing and and I, I'm good I'm awesome I'm excellent I'm splendid you know what Brian it's because I care about you no, no I care and if I didn't care I wouldn't ask same question same answer there you go life is good all right. Well, I'm really happy because I am. We're talking fitness. I am super pumped today. I'm going to tell you this right now. Super pumped because we talk fitness, we talk movement, we talk mindfulness and nutrition and you name it. And I don't know about you, but I just want people to, to feel better about feel themselves. Good. Wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I am happy to be alive. I feel good. And I have arrived. The, uh, the great philosopher B.D. Masada once said. Feeling good makes me feel good. You ever heard of BD Masada? Yeah, and do or do not, there is no try. There's my Yoda thrown so, right at you. So BD Masada is a guy that I went to high school with. He's one of my best friends, and he's not a great philosopher at all. But he said that to me one time, and I was like, that's the most profound thing I've ever heard. And I've actually brought that out like in front of rooms, and I'll be like, has anyone ever heard of BD Masada? Mm-hmm. And people go, oh, yeah, sure. No, I've heard of him. And I'm like, no, you don't. He's like, he's a school teacher in Middletown South. 
<laughs> I just nod him to death the sometimes. BD, the BD is for Big Daddy. <laughs> you know, I just nod you sometimes. I just, yeah. Uh-huh. Likewise. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this today. Let's because do it. Great guest. Great guest. Great. Can we put a the in front of her name, Brian? We have to. She's the president. <gasps> I love it. So who do we have, Brian? President Judy Lobianco of Shape America. And the crowd roars. Ah. I love it. How y'all doing, you two fit crazies? <laughs> fantastic. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. I love it. I love it. So let's talk connection first. So how is how do we get Judy in the studio, Brian? What's going on? Because we... Uh- do a lot of Skyping, Judy. We do a lot of call-ins because, again, people come, you know, kind of get, come on the show from all over the walks of, uh, of the planet. But we love having guests in the studio because it just brings that energy up, I think. In the Two Fit Crazy dungeon, we bring them in and, uh, yeah, the recording studio. Yeah, so uh, Judy, as it turns out, came on to our show because, A, we have an awesome kick-ass podcast that is world-renowned and everybody's just... Download on <laughs> iTunes and like. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> Everyone's just dying to be on it. But we also have a very uh, great mutual friend in uh, our friend Winnie O'Leary, who is the uh, is the vice principal at uh, Livingston High School and a dear friend of mine and a great, fantastic runner, former winner of the New Jersey Marathon and Half Marathon at the, the same race, New Jersey Half Marathon. And she's a, they don't call her Winnie for nothing. She wins everything. And a girl, Bronwyn. <laughs> Bronwyn O'Leary. And that's New Jersey for all of our listeners. We right. always talk locations, and then people are like, where is that? In case you couldn't tell by our accents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, over here. <laughs> over here. So, uh, and, and, you know, and Bronwyn on the run one day says, you have to get my friend Judy on, who happens to be the president of Shape America. And I said, uh, yeah, oh. Booker, let's go like right away. That's, uh, that would be a pretty, pretty big deal for us. So, uh, so welcome and thank you very much for taking time out of your day to come visit us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So, Judy, tell us a, a couple things. I know being the president of Shape America, and we're going to get into what the heck Shape America is because some of our listeners are like, oh, my gosh, that's a huge entity. And then others are like, what is that? Is that that magazine that I see on the shelf? Right. So we're going to have to talk about that in um, kind of let's first and foremost, let's lay that on the line. What the heck is Shape America? Shape America is the Society for Health and Physical Educators, and we represent our nation's health and physical education profession. We're about 13,000 members strong and could easily try to double that uh, given the amount of physical education and health teachers we have in the nation. But right now we're at 13,000 strong, and we offer programs, products, services, professional development, resources, all kinds of cool things so that we can make sure that every child in every school has a quality health and PE experience. That's Shape America. Oh my gosh! That's awesome. I'm like talking dirty. Like that makes me feel so good. <laughs> like when that, I mean, that is. It's such a passion. I know for Brian and myself, that really is what makes our heart happy to see people moving, to see people out there that are inspiring others, and really, it starts with the kids. That's where it starts. And once you get them hooked and inspired to move, you have lifelong movers and shakers and. It's just such an amazing thing. So on behalf of Brian and I, we thank you for being a part of Shape America and, again, taking on such a huge role in, um, you know, in leading teachers, which, again, leads our children, which, you know, is... 
and makes it makes them better learners. I mean, how much of of what you do with Shape America, and, and we can get into this further as we go along, but how much of it is is designed to, uh, you know, is known scientifically as if you enhance their, uh, you know, physical activity and their and their and how much it benefits their actual learning structure. Right. So, so I think the first premise we have to talk about is to drop all these stereotypes we have about health and physical education, you know. So if we go back, each of your listeners goes back and thinks about their own health and PE experiences in school, and they have these horrible visions of getting nailed in the face with a soccer ball <laughs> or a dodgeball, and they sit in health class and have these three-day vi- three videos that they're sleeping. That is not... Th- that's not what we're doing anymore. And one of the most important pieces that I would let your listeners know is that uh, today's quality health and physical educator really truly believes that they are a matter in life of life and death for kids. And our, our goal, our mission is to make sure that throughout their K through 12 experience, we send them out into the world wanting to be fit and well for life and to be able to make those healthy choices and be able to engage in whatever physical activity they enjoy. So we're not out there in physical education anymore forcing you to play soccer or forcing you to do something you don't want to do. We want to give you as, as much variety and as much choice as we can, particularly at the high school. So, And we also want to make sure that every child, not just the confident and skillful kid, has a great experience with their body moving and being in health. And in health education in particular, this, this drama that you hear about in terms of, oh, my God, I sat in health class and I had to watch this slideshow on nutrition <laughs> and I, I wanted to vomit. No, no, no. What we're doing is teaching skill-based health, which means we're teaching kids how to talk to each other about the, the influences in their life and how to analyze them. We're, we're telling kids... Look, we need you to self-advocate. We need you to make healthy decisions and learn what it's like to make a decision. We want you to make sure that you're, when you look up on the Internet something about your health, that it's valid, it's reliable. And those are the skills we're taking kids into health with for the rest of their lives. So it's not just about that really gross tobacco lesson where you're looking at black lungs yeah, and kids yeah. all want to vomit and drop, drop to the floor. No, we're, we're really looking to make sure kids are equipped with the tools they need to be healthy and well for life. It's so important. And, and I mean, those are the things that I always thought, you know, are, are kind of lost, even in even in like a math class or like a consumer math class or like how to buy things and how to know, you know, read a nutrition label and how to differentiate the nonsense, you know, because there's a lot of clickbait and there's a lot of information. These places that people get their information from, it's just not you know it's it's not all authentic it's not all there f- to benefit them and I, I you know i just kind of see it as like a way for a kid to even budget to buy some food or or to look at it and see like there's just so much that's lost on actual real life situations that they they just they just don't know how to handle so much anymore a, a because they're relying on their parents right. right and b you know they finally get to a situation where they they might not be uh, relying on them anymore and the first thing they do is they go to you know or maybe they go to college and there's a meal ticket with a cafeteria line and they just get what's you know kind of served there and and you know what happens then we, you know we know that they that the, there's the freshman 15 right oh, the yeah. weight gain <laughs> and uh you know so it's just it's just really you know, refreshing to hear that that these things are being taught on a really grassroots level, the most grassroots level that we have for right, anything. Right, and it really connects to your work, right? So when I have a kid that's in a physical education in high school, the likelihood that they'll go out ten years from now and be thirty years old, grabbing twenty of their favorite people and playing soccer is more is less likely than them going into a gym 
and figuring out what it is they're supposed to be doing, how to set up a personal fitness plan, and do all those things that are necessary that are common, right? So yoga is getting very big now. Zumba is very, getting right. very big. Pilates is getting very big. Dance is like totally forever. So, so we're looking at these lifelong activities that can catapult kids into their adulthood and internalize those messages of activity um, and be reasonable, you know. Um, not everything that we're doing in physical education ends up being a lifetime pursuit, and we're really focused on those lifetime As pursuits. a runner, I love that because yeah. that's one of the things that I always say. One of the reasons why I run is because it's very hard for me to get a pickup soccer game at 43 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm with you, but yeah, yeah. I'll do it with no, you. No, we work. can do it. We can do okay. it. We'll get it going, and uh, you know that's why I made that uh, my family. So now I have, uh, you know, I at least have a relay team. I have uh, three boys, and uh, you know, I, I always yeah. I always anchor the the relay because I make the uh, the lineup. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's just um, it's it, it is, and we see that the 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 nation and our, and you know the where we are now as a people is we're sick. Mm-hmm. Where the obesity levels are through the roof, the heart disease levels are, you know, are, are this is the number one killer, and we're we're seeing this over and over again, and it's all preventable, uh, for the most, you know, not all, I guess you know, most of it's preventable through lifestyle modifications and these things that you know we really need to 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 learn. Um, some of it being, you know, t- to work out at times, uh, you know, eat well and and and, and work out, and also learn to relax, uh, learn to recover. Learn the benefits of sleeping well. Learn the benefits of hydration, and in addition to, uh, you know, eating whatever diet that that you might want to uh, subscribe to. Um, you know, so I just think that it's that it's amazing. I mean, is there any other education that's more important than that in life? Uh, no. <laughs> I've so this is this is a big thing, and I have to I have to say this. When I was when I was younger, I was in high school once, right, and. I feel like looking back, I was in a bubble. And I think many of us were it many in different respects. For me, I was that athlete. I loved, we called it gym. Now it's physical education, right? I loved it because I loved moving. Yeah, yeah, there was the academic part that was fine, but I loved moving and it came naturally for me. Right. Bubble, right? Mm-hmm. So when we played games and things, I didn't struggle. I enjoyed it. But I also remember those kids that were picked last at dodgeball right. or the ones that had the bad experiences, the ones that were not as, you know, able to move or agile or flexible. And for me, I thought, well, why wouldn't everyone want to be in phys ed and moving? And, and then I went on and I played sports and I was a collegiate athlete. Never once did I think to myself, those people that had a bad experience in PE probably left high school and never did anything else because they're they have that negative, you know. They have this bad experience, this negative um, experience in their mind now, and they're like, "I why would I want to do something active? I was terrible at it. I was stigmatized, and and I never really put two and two together as you know as I'm getting older and and looking at these kids and well, why are they overweight and what? Well, why would you do something if you're associating negative emotions with it, right. negative feelings? Because then if you're going to go out and do something again, you, you almost rehash that negativity. And why would they go out and join the, a club softball team? Or the, And it was mind-blowing to me kind of getting back into this idea after going into the fitness industry. And really, that was where I always did that part-time because I loved it and coached and worked with kids because that was a passion for movement. But really why I left teaching, which, which is what I said this, because I started seeing a bigger picture, a bigger need. Mm-hmm. How can I reach more people? And it was, 
well, I've got to get out there and start getting into the teachers or getting into, you know, people, parents that have kids that need to be educated to know what to do if at school they're only getting games and they're never going to get, you know, soccer or like Brian said, like it's hard to find a pickup soccer game or so how is it that, you know, either the teachers or how has that changed that you've seen you know, to help those kids. Right. So so one of the most exciting things that's happened in physical education is we, we've evolved to a place where we say kids are now physically literate as opposed to just physically educated. And what that means is when every child steps into that gymnasium, they have a feeling of confidence and competence, and they know that their teacher's going to forge that relationship with them first, every child. The relationship for a teacher is the most important thing they can do first, and then the physical education and health comes. Um, So that relationship is extremely important. And then what we've seen over the past 10 years or so is this insane research that's come out, not even 10 years, more than 10 years, that physical activity does something to the brain. Right, And all of a sudden, thanks to John Rady and his book called Spark, everybody started paying attention, and I mean everybody, principals, classroom teachers, superintendents, boards of education, mm-hmm. and the, the literal truth is that a physically active child does better in school, their test scores are better, they're less absent, and they're less of a discipline problem. And all across the country, I've had anecdotal and hard data evidence from principals all over the country that say, because I started getting my kids moving 60 minutes a day, before school, during school, in physical education, after school, my school has been successful. And we see it time and time and dead. And it's, it's the norm now. And I can't imagine any principal within the sound of my voice wouldn't take a look at this and say, wow, all I need to do is give a kid a brain boost every 30 or 40 minutes in the middle of their reading block in order to get them more focused. Who's not going to want that? So it, it's pretty interesting to me. And it's, you know, the, the industry standard is that children need to be active 60 minutes a day. And we only see them in physical education in some places in this country once a week or twice a week, like here in New Jersey. It's really important that this becomes a comprehensive school physical activity initiative, and one that everybody can be a part of. And, and when you say to somebody, what is the most important thing to you in your life? They're, if they don't say health, I'll be very shocked. And so when you dial that into a school and understand that if you look at the whole child, 360, and you know that that's the way to get to a kid and help them succeed in all areas of academics, then we have the answer. And it's, it's not about math. It's not about social studies. It's not about science. It's about knowing what we know about the child of 2018. And what we know about that child is they are stressed. They are depressed. They are anxious. They have tons of mental health issues bearing down on them. And they're living in a world that we just didn't live in 20 years ago. And so if we don't approach them with this 360 lens, then we're, not doing, we're doing them a disservice. Let's talk about the word neuroplasticity. Good times. <laughs> Here Good we go. Time. So, yeah. But honestly, for those of us that don't know this, really you're working your body, you're working movement, and you're working your brain. And that's the thing that you just brought up that I'd like to go back to for a second. Mm-hmm. And what, again, for our listeners, what Judy's saying is is really what the world has come to right now. Um, when I started teaching, it was about 17 years ago was my first back, was first in the classroom. And I look back to my last year, about a year ago, was those kids were totally different. And I remember, you know, people saying, well, kids are different today. And, you know, I'm like, kids actually are different today than with social media and the fact that it's a literally helicoptered by social media and your Instagram, your this, it doesn't go away. We've talked about this time and time again with people and kids. Um, 
it is stress. It is a lot more in your face and you can't escape it and turning off and unplugging. And it's huge because what we think of is we have to get away from something. We have to move. We've got to move our bodies, moving our bodies, and then also exercising the brain. There's people that work with programs with kids, again, that get them to de-stress by movement, by breathing. And it's not just the physical education teacher. I mean, they're so important and it makes my heart sad when I hear, oh, once a week, twice a week, we have phys ed. I'm like, what? I can't imagine if someone said to me, Christine, you can only be active, really active a couple times a week. I would not, I would blow up. My head would explode. You would like, because I need that. And I know that all of the hormones and the, you know, everything in my body, the dopamine, the serotonin, the, you name it, we can go on and on. But that is what, um, that is what I think is so important. So now what is it, what is it that happens with the movement and the brain? What are some of the things that you're seeing? Right. So, so for an example, one of the things we take out of Rainey's book is that after a bout of exercise during the day, that is the most academically focused a kid will get. So where oftentimes a classroom teacher will pick their kids up from a physical education class and say, ooh, you look like you really worked hard in PE. Let me give you a rest. We'll just have some quiet, relaxing time. No. Yeah. Give them the hardest test you've ever given them <laughs> during the whole day. And Rady's work uh, is around the zero period, and it was a high school. And uh, he, he looked at these kids that were struggling academically, and he decided to put them in a zero period at the beginning of the day. And they put them through a fitness course and bouts of exercise in their target heart rate for at least 30 minutes. And then they put the academic course that they struggled most in right after. And then, you know, the rest, it was fantastic. Their scores went up. They were the highest scoring high school in, in the state and, and all of these, these, these pieces. And it's Naperville, Illinois. And they're still famous to this day for this, this incredible study that Dr. Rady did. My sister and, lives in Naperville. Oh, yeah. And the kids go to Naperville High School, and they're That's like the, the most yeah. unbelievable high schools that I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm like, Julie, I'm move, moving in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, you can't be it can't be denied that what goes on in the brain when kids are physical, there's a famous um, picture of two brains next to each other. It's Dr. Charles Hillman. And one of them is a brain and the activity in the brain after a child sits for 20 minutes and then after a brisk walk for 20 minutes. And the two brains together show so much neural activity after the walk. And simply you say to a classroom teacher, a principal, a board of education, which kid do you want in your class? The one that's got everything firing or the kids that's been sitting? And, and you know, pictures say a thousand words. That you can't. You can't deny it. You can't deny it. So so this is gaining a lot of traction, but a lot of principals are really concerned about taking, quote, academic time to do some brain boosters and some Go Noodle, as we call it. Yeah. Go Noodle's a, a great, like, platform for Love teachers that. to Fantastic. use. Fantastic. Shout out to Go Noodle. You only yeah. one. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag. Go Noodle. <laughs> um, and, and everybody's using it, and everybody believes that, you know, you can get a lot more out of kids in a 40-minute academic block when you do these brain boosts, then giving them a 90-minute block and you're starting to see the squirming and the behavior starting and the, the distractions uh, is because of what activity does for the brain. And it's, uh, it's so uh, simple to us because we're in the field, but if you think about way, 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 way back when we were like cavemen and we moved our bodies and we traversed 30 miles a day on foot, 
10 of those miles running, mostly because we were running away because we didn't want to get eaten. <laughs> and we were running for food. Yeah, we, we're hungry. And we climbed and we did right. all these things. And there, there is not a human being unless there's you know, hyper-trained that could ever do that anymore. And so we've evolved into a world of sitness instead of fitness. Mm-hmm. And the quality of Oh, I like that one. Sitness. It's not mine. Okay. But I stole it. Hash. And I don't know from who. Okay. <laughs> I'm writing that down. There you go. Sitness. Instead of fitness. It's the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. I, it's just a really a cool uh, time to be in health and physical education. And when I was a health and PE teacher uh, at my former high school, you know, I, I didn't see the administration moving on this piece. So I said, then I'm going to have to be the one to move it. So I became a supervisor and uh, love the work I do there because I get to go into uh, to observe physical education and health classrooms, give people feedback about what I see, make sure that every child is engaged in a way that makes them happy and makes them feel part of something. Uh, even the obese child who would rather do anything else than be in that class, right. we've got to find a place for that child to feel healthy and well and accepted and cared for in that classroom and made to feel that their body is something they have to take care of. I, I think accepted is 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 really you know the, the the main word. I think that child wants to wants to be active, mm-hmm. but the no shyness, one wants to feel bad about themselves. Yeah, no. You know, but that shyness that is is what was what holds them back. So like if they are able to. You know, in some ways, release themselves from those chains. Then, then they can do the things that they need to do, and you know, and improve the, the, their lives. It's uh, you know, it's it's, it's just fascinating. Yeah. My wife is a first grade teacher, nice. and she does this with them before their their their, their her classes. Right. You know, she's in a situation where they don't switch classes, and she's got them for most of the day unless they do go to a special. And, you know, sometimes it comes back from gym class. But, you know, there's periods throughout the day where it's just get up in 10 minutes. You know, we get the sillies out and uh, and then you sit back down and you learn. Yeah. Go Noodle is like, a, you know, yeah. is, is, is awesome. She's uh, uh, my kids even my you know, my kids are are nine years old, six years old and, and almost five years old. And they're familiar with it, too. And it goes on in their school. And, yeah. and you know, you just you just see it. And I, I do it with them before they sit down to eat dinner. Yeah. I call it PBs and J's. Push up burpees and jacks. You give me a couple burpees. You give me a couple of push ups and some jumping jacks, and then uh, you can sit down and eat because then they sit. Yeah. You know, if you really want to impress Judy, you should tell them about the toilet bowl. Yeah. Uh oh. I have three boys, so if they uh, if they miss the if they miss and they hit the seat, they got to give me ten push ups. That is awesome. And if they and if they don't flush, it's another ten. <laughs> and then uh, and then my other one lately is if you don't say please and thank you, you owe me ten. Right, so like they're pretty like I'm either gonna freak them out and you know right they're never gonna want to ever do push-ups again or they're gonna like my kindergartner is gonna go into school and he's gonna be you know jacked up. Well, I I really appreciate that you're doing that. You know, one of the places where we all have to think about how to get that 60 minutes a day is for families to get moving together. Absolutely, we can't all do it by ourselves. And I, I, as a physical education profession, we've got to do a better job of letting parents know what it is the new physical education is, what it is we do, what physical literacy is, mm-hmm. and give kids physical education homework with their families. Get out there and take a walk out there and you know be active on the weekends, etc. I mean, obviously, I have a very active household, right? You know, with me being in, in it and, and, you know, and three boys, it's, it's nonstop. Uh, we race to the bus stop every morning. Um, we, you know, we race home from the bus stop most mornings. Uh, they always tell me it's not fair that I beat them because they were holding their backpacks, you know, like they like come up with it. And, uh, and, you know, and we, we do, we do things like that. 
so uh, you know my household might be a va- bad example, and Christine's as well. They're they're extremely active. All our kids, or kid we plays- take them. We value movement. I guess is something that as a parent. You know, you value if if we do a race. Sometimes we've done five Ks with the kids, or just movement. Or I just, if I race, I have the kids come because I want them see to it. see what it's like and get excited. Just like education, I think it's important how how we try and value, you know, English and math. And you need these skills. And what we really need is to be a lifelong learner. Right. And lifelong learners, not just academics, but a lifelong learner in fitness you you want to be someone who's healthy in the fitness world right now and when, when i go to conferences or things like that the key terms right now are functional fitness and longevity okay. and again working with adults brian and i've you know have, i've always worked with adults and and that's and that's great and you think of you know all of these programs now that are working again with that you know we talk about you know neuroplasticity with your movement and and what's that fighting? It's fighting your Parkinson's and your MS and your you know any sort of issues with your brain. Exercising the brain. I always say I used to have this thing: exercise the hippo. And kids are like, "What? <laughs> are you calling me a hippo? No, exercising your hippocampus for your memory." And that's what you're talking about with test skills. This stuff is backed by science. You know, as you know, I say to the listeners right now, it is important even if you're. You know, like I said, you're working with the trainer, you're working with the teacher. You're not just working, you know, your body, you're working your mind. When you go to school, like your body is a, you're 360, like you said, and they need to get, you know, they need to understand that, yes, it is important to learn. Yes, it is important to move. Those two things cannot exist in a separate universe. You need both of them. Otherwise, you're not going to have your function of your body, and therefore you're not going to have that longevity of that life of health. And right. I just think that piece is unbelievable for you to promote right now. I agree. And, and you know, promoting that value of physical activity for kids, right? Because when you tell a kid that exercise has these incredible benefits throughout the lifespan, they're not thinking about that because they're not talking and thinking about their health. Right. Only older people who are di- di- with disease or have illness or you know, need to fix their health because something's, God forbid, happened to them. We're all talking about our health. That that shouldn't be. Through the lifespan, we should be talking about health. Through the lifespan and through our school, our schools in this nation, we have to start to get kids to internalize the values of physical activity in order for that later in life piece to say, well, I know what's wrong and I know exactly what I need to do. Whether I'm not flexible enough or not strong enough, I know I, when I step into a gym, I know what machines to use, I know what kind of prescription plan to give myself, I know what to tell my personal trainer when I meet with them. Uh, these are like functional skills that they're going to need to have that they're going to use throughout the lifespan. I mean, the elementary kid will come in and they'll run into that gymnasium and be like, I love to move, I love to move, I love to, because they're wired to do that. Mm-hmm. You get the middle school kid and they're like, eh, I could take it or leave it. And then the high school kid's like, what? And the problem with that is that we have to stay keep them motivated throughout puberty and throughout their high school years because other priorities take over. The middle school brain is a social-emotional brain. <laughs> and being able to combat that with things that are, are active, that are fun, that have kids playing with their friends, uh, the kind of physical education that engages kids no matter what background they're from, uh, that's the way we get to that, that pubescent brain, right? <laughs> uh, and then at the high school level, you know, not every kid's going to want to play basketball. Not every kid's going to want to play soccer. I mean, we still do volleyball. We still do all those things to teach skills and such. But at the same time, at the high school level, I truly believe that the way to go is a variety of different sports and games and pulling back from those team sports because it's not realistic that that's what kids will do. Now, the athlete in me tells me, you know, the high school athlete's going to want to go and play at college level. But after college, guess what? We happen to know through the research that they're not going to hang on to that sport for the rest of their life. 
You know, it's, it's really, really important. And we know what these lifetime pursuits are. And we know what these skills are. We know that there are certain kids that enjoy individual sports. We know that some kids like dual pursuits. Um, at the high school I worked at, the no- most popular sport for kids to choose at my high school was badminton. I was just going to say, is it badminton? It's badminton because it's social. It's leisurely. The object moves slower so everybody can have success. And it really spoke to me. Yeah. Right? Uh, it really spoke to me, as opposed to kids not really choosing football or soccer, uh, because those are more team oriented. That's are, so and, interesting, isn't it? Really cool. It's probably rare that there's, you know, being in the a rare sport that it is. It's rare that there's like an elite high school badminton player too. I loved you know badminton. what I mean? Like it's that not was one like, of my favorites. It's not like there's the kid who's always been the soccer player who's just going to come in and dominate. You don't really want to play with him because he's going to show you up. This is yeah. an opportunity for everybody to be the the, the elite. You yeah. know, on a flat level. That's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. So was what cool. have you? I'm curious. What have you seen that's really working? I know you just said variety and you know maybe offering you know different sports or different people. So what what do you see is really working um, for? high school teachers and, and motivating those kids. I mean, that kid that, you know, you, like you said, you've got that, that collegiate athlete and then you've got the student who's like, you know, really self-conscious, not really in shape, I guess, to say, you know, in comparison to. So what's really working is allowing kids to pick what it is they want to do in high school, not forcing them to play soccer or football or basketball, allowing them to have a variety of choices, uh, golf, badminton, table tennis, even, um, a big thing we're seeing now is adventure programming, where mm-hmm. kids get to climb walls and do cooperative pieces. They love that. Uh, the other thing I see working is technology. And being in the fitness world, you know as well as I do that kids getting instant feedback about what their body's doing is a big deal. Um, and so instead of the traditional PE where the phys ed teacher comes out and says, okay, are you here? Are you breathing? Are you on the floor? <laughs> no, now we measure effort in physical education as are you working moderately to vigorously in your target heart rate for at least half this period. And maybe that's a heart rate monitor or a watch or an activity watch. And then we're uploading that into the grade book saying that's your effort grade. Wow. Now we've leveled the playing field because athlete, you're going to give me a star effort and you're going to work. You're going to work for that effort grade. Uh-huh. And the person who's not as confident and maybe has some weight issues or not as fit, they can walk and get into their target. Yeah. And so experience this. Like, What does that do to the traditional mile run? Right. Let's talk about the mile run, which is essentially a foot race that makes people who come in last feel bad about themselves and the kid that comes in first, you know, rallying as a champion. That's not what we want. Now you put a heart rate monitor on every kid and say, traverse the distance of a mile as long as you stay in your heart rate. As long as you stay in your heart rate. Now, no matter where the kid is, they're traversing the distance and the, the idea is to stay in their heart rate. So it could be that the kid who's walking is working harder. Absolutely. Than the athlete who's running and can't get into the Yeah, target. heart rate's I got I mean, such they, a great they, they story for you, Judy. You're ready? How, how, hold on. Let me ask you real quick. Is there any pushback from that in, in just um, the world that we live in now where uh, monitoring my heart rate and it's just too much information and I don't want to give you that? I mean, is that is that any pushback from that? Like kind of like big brother knowing too much about you know right. what I have going on? Right. So, so a couple parents out of hundreds questioned me about the time that I introduced heart rate into the physical education program. And all they needed was a little science behind it. They needed a background on okay. it. They needed to know I wasn't going to share their child's personal information with any outside entities. Um, it's data, like math has data on yeah. kids, right? Okay. So um, we used it in the classroom. We used it in the grade book. And we spit out like, like sample fitness forms for parents to see, here's how your kid's heart rate tracked 
over time. And there, there are stories. There's a story out of, uh, I want to say, New York. A uh, middle school phys ed teacher told me the story. Um, she had a young lady who was using a heart rate monitor, and something wasn't right. And next thing you know, they diagnosed a heart condition. Wow. So awesome. As a result of what happened in that PE class, and the parent, hysterical, called the PE teacher, thanking her up, up and down about this <sighs> intervention that had happened just by accident, um, you know, where we would have thought the heart rate monitor was, was malfunctioning or something happened. No, there it was a heart condition. So, so that's a huge happy ending. Um, and, and the types of technology we're introducing, uh, it'll look different 10 years from now, right. and it looked different 10 years before this. Uh, but I, re- I really think that what you're finding is, is the technology is getting more affordable and easier to use. Uh, we're, we're moving out of a time where you had to put a heart rate strap on yourself, and now you can just do it on your wrist. You can mark steps. You can track activity. It's just activity. more common, yeah. too. Yeah, with just yeah. The, you know, with the Fitbits and, and, and everything. Yeah. That, and it's that all about have. awareness. You know? It's all about you know, what is it I have to do to get my body to work as hard as I can so I can reap the benefit of aerobic exercise and cardiovascular health. And that's what we're teaching kids. So interesting. I was piggybacking on that because my son, or not my son, my uh, nephew, is a great athlete, Naperville. Throw that. That's right. going back to Naperville. You ready? Uh-huh. Nap- one of the Naperville high schools, two years ago, heart rate monitors, and this kind of goes what you were saying. On that treadmill, heart rate monitor for that class, whatever the mile run was or, or whatnot. Hey, how's your how are your grades? What'd you get in this? He's like, I got a C in gym. I'm like, you got a C in gym. Why? Phys ed. Because he said, Jim, Phys- physical education, you got to see. Okay, you're a great athlete. What happened? Well, because we were running and my heart rate monitor, and you know how hard I have to run in order to get my heart rate up? And I'm like, I do. So you weren't running fast enough? <laughs> so your heart rate wasn't in the zone? So I guess, you. I mean, you could say the kickback no, to, to that, but I really think it's it's – it's really interesting that, you know, that links to the grade book and it's the effort and it's not just about, you know, a, a blanket statement. Like, you know, we have our friend Jonathan Ross, is, he's great with fitness and the brain and whatnot. And he talks about not everyone can fit into size seven shoes. So we can't offer size seven shoes to everyone because we're all so different. Right. And it seems like that's kind of. That's kind of the goal right now is to really offer something that works for everyone. Sure. It individualizes it because in that watch is the kid's gender and height and weight and, and all those pieces. And now you've really honed in on what the kid's needs are. And you do have those outliers, that elite track athlete who no matter what they do, they you can't, you know, yeah. then the parent calls and says, uh, was this really fair? Like really? Yeah. So, you know, you have those and it's a teachable moment and we, you know, we work through it. But at the same time, for the most part, kids seeing their heart rate and knowing what they need to do, either back up or back up or back in, um, really helps them to regulate the kind of activity they're doing. And it puts, it puts them in the driver's seat about their own health, you know. So when you're out there and you're, you're in the traditional PE program, you're saying, run that mile. And if you, if you run a six-minute mile, you get an A. If you run a 10-minute right. mile, you get a no. No, 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 no. No, thank you. Yeah. No. That's powerful too when they because we have this technology. So then learning this in phys ed and then coming out, you know, after high school and using your Fitbit or using your watch or whatever it is, now you know. Now you're educated about it and you know what that feels like to sure. be in that zone or this or And and really there's no other subject that I mean, there's no other way that you can do this with any other subject. Mm-hmm. You can't determine effort in math, you can't determine effort in science, you can't yeah. determine effort. I mean, some kids are really gifted like the gifted athlete and just breeze through and you say, "Oh, it's no big deal. I don't even have to look at the thing. I'll just take the test and get an A and then move yeah. on." Yeah. 
but this is like real, like rubber hitting the road here. This is real. Knowing your body. Data. Yeah. And, you know, the heart rate monitors are expensive. And, you know, there might be a phys ed teacher within the sound of my voice going, oh, come on, Miss Lobianco, you can't. And then measure steps. Right. Guess what? There's a 100-mile club out there. There's a website for the billion-mile race. Get kids active at recess. Get them, you know, walking a track at recess. Get them calculating steps in their classrooms. Get them calculating steps in PE. And just get them to understand that what they're doing is contributing to their health. What, that that is one thing that I was that I was going to bring up is the, is the cost of of these programs and the cost of things, and you know with budgets always being an issue. I know that the issue locally here with with, uh, with just I guess just about every school, uh, you know district will have issues with budget, and and we've actually seen it get in the way of some programs, right? Cutbacks and certain things that they deem unnecessary, like music right. and the arts and gym and, and phys ed, ed and, which and, you're like. Yeah, and how some, can you take? You know, it's sometimes yeah. extracurriculars. You know, sports. Right. Uh, you know, outside. You know that they that they don't they don't see as necessary. What kind of issues do you run into that with that? How do you how do you right. overcome them? How do you get your programs right. into places that uh, that they're you know seeing Great. the crunch in numbers? Great, I got it. The world's best kept secret. Yeah. Everybody, hold on your hat. All right. Several years ago, we'll mute it if you don't if if it's so good that we can't share. <laughs> we'll just like cut it out and put it in and. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Several years ago, uh, the Every Child Succeeds Act, Every yes. Student Succeeds Act, mm-hmm. came into play after No Child Left Behind. And in Every Student Succeeds Act, ESSA, health and physical education was included for the very first time in history as part of a well-rounded education. And the crowd roared. <sighs> as part of that, federal funding became available to every school in America. And there's Title I that's all special education and free and reduced. There's Title II that's for professional development. And then there's Title IV, Part A. And the function of Title IV, Part A is, wait for it, (laughs) health and safety. Okay. And physical activity in schools. Every school in America, every district has this money. And teachers and parents and classroom teachers Go find your title coordinator and say, I know we have Title IV Part A funding and that it should be used for things like counseling and mental health and physical activity and safety. I mean, many of the schools you know, are using it right now about safety issues, you know, because that's, right. that's the world mm-hmm. we're living in right now. But just last year, $1.1 billion was allocated to Title IV Part A alone across the country. And Shape America monitors this with our advocacy arm, and we do a great job at, at it. Shout out to Carly Wright. And what she does is she, we're on the Hill, we're out lobbying and advocating every year, and uh, just about every school district has this money, and people don't know how to ask for it. So the, the ask is very important. What do you want to do with your local physical education program? What equipment do you need? What professional development might help you to become the very best health and phys ed teacher you can? Look for that Title IV money, Part A. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and does a majority of that, you know, based on your tracking, does a majority of that go into professional development? Does it go into technology? How do, how, how are they spending that money? Right. Well, we're competing with the money for with counseling. Mm-hmm. So given a myriad of social-emotional learning pieces and mental health pieces, it depends on the district and what their motivations are and what their missions are. Uh, but the money is there and should be shared. And, and districts all get a different amount depending on what the need is and what state they're in. So that's completely understandable. But if nobody asks for the money, then they're just going to spend it the way they want. So uh, as long as the ask is strong, if you want to literally transform your physical education program into something that is what I described 20 years ago into what we're talking about now, 
just a thousand dollars can go a huge way for your kids in your school. Wow, that's amazing. And now they really, what the way I guess the next question is. So now you're a parent. You're even you're a teacher, like you just said. Yeah. How do we start to transform? Because you know, I know, everyone knows. There's still classes out there. There's still people out there that are. Here's a ball. Yep. Here's a go to town. You've yeah, got the, ninety, the old, min- the 90 old minutes. The old school gym teacher. Yep. It's, just throw out the balls and sit you know, back and drink your coffee and, with your flat top. And we're no longer, you know, and we're, we're no longer gym teachers. It's physical education. It is mental. It is physical. It is mind body at this point. How do we? How do we? Get, because again, I've been to these, you know, conventions. There is a lot of amazing ideas, a lot of amazing companies, a lot of amazing professional development. What's what's going on here with those? Right. So you're absolutely right. There's there are pockets in this country where physical education doesn't look like it should. And one of my platforms as president and one that I've been out keynoting a lot about is moral courage. And that moral courage means that physical educators in the field that are doing the right thing and seeing someone else do the wrong thing across the gym needs to call them out, needs to make them feel as uncomfortable as they can, because every child is your child. We have 50 million children in America, and each one of them is my responsibility and your responsibility and every physical educator's responsibility. And so if I'm looking across the gym at a physical educator who's not doing right by kids, and I don't say anything, that makes me as guilty as the person who's doing it. Another initiative that I'm starting this year as president over my next eight months or so is to engage the principals of our nation. Because even though there's not a supervisor of health and physical education in every school, you better bet there's a a principal in every last school in America. And I need them on board. And it's not just the brain research that's going to hook them. It's us convincing them that that classroom in physical education is their responsibility. And what goes on in that that classroom is as much their responsibility and their liability as any other classroom in that building. And so for the principals out there, when you say phys ed is great because I don't get any parent complaints, sorry, get into that gymnasium and see what's going on and observe some, observe some teaching and give some solid feedback about what you see. What you see in phys ed should be exactly what you see in every other subject, student engagement, kids learning from each other, kids in small group, kids being active, kids listening to the teacher ask them really pointed questions about their health. It's, it's a classroom like any other classroom. And principals, it's your responsibility. That's amazing. My, my kids' phys ed teachers are the heartbeat of that school. They're amazing. Shout out to Mr. Bailey and Mr. Pearson. They are they they program i mean everything is they're they're the they're almost like the you know the pied piper of the school they know every kid's name you know it's a k through 5 so it's not a you know a gigantic school but they know everybody's name and they and they the kids love it They'll let them do anything. They'll let them throw pies in their face and tape them to the wall and like all like the crazy stuff that goes on in these in these you know early education schools. But you know it's just really to me it's just comforting. And I think that the other teachers in turn kind of feed off of that. And and they know it's just it's just a very family atmosphere. Uh, at least in my kids' school, um, which is you know it's just, it's very it's, it's refreshing. And I know that a lot of it just comes from what you said. It's that top down engagement where the principals are letting these teachers be themselves and do these things, right. and letting them be themselves because they know that it's a positive for them. And it's not something where you know if if that well goes dry with that 
um, you know, the, with with just that energy, then it's not going to go well for the rest of the school. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna suck dry elsewhere too. So, I, you know, it's it's really great that you say that because that responsibility does come. You know, not every school will have somebody like you who is who's overseeing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, lucky they are to have you where they where they are. How, how long? Now, let me ask you that. You've been in education for how long? Uh, twenty six years. Twenty six years. That's all. Still fired. Up. <laughs> fired up, and that's why Shape needs you, Judy. And, and how long have you been? Uh, so there's two uh, two separate jobs, uh, so to speak. So you have your job in, in uh, as the physical education director for Livingston, Livingston School. Schools, yep. and then you're as president of Shape America as well. Yep. How long have you been with Shape America? Uh, well, I've been a member for thirty years. This past week, okay, thirty years since I was nineteen years old. I've been a, a proud member of that organization since and you were born. Since I was basically <laughs> born, and and I couldn't have been. I, my success is because of everything I learned from the people who came before me. So I'm very happy to serve uh, in the role of of president. This is a three year stint. So I'm president now, and I'll become past president in April, and and spend another year, uh, and still be engaged and involved. Because that's the way I make my teaching better, my supervision better. Um, and, you know, I, one of the things I most want to do is inspire young physical educators, right? That nobody's going into teaching anymore. And, okay. and for a lot of reasons that are kind of obvious. But at the same time, we're seeing a drop off in a lot of health and physical education folks going into uh, PE and health. And one of the most important things I can do uh, in my role as a supervisor now is to interview teachers, potential teachers, and say, why did you want to be a health and PE teacher? And make sure the answer starts with kids. Right. Uh, it's not because you like sports. It's not because your mother or your father was a teacher. I'm not interested in that. I need you to have a passion for children first and a passion for your content. And then that magical um, partnering makes makes for a career, a lifetime of, of satisfaction in your job. It just does. Um, so so that's what we're looking to do. And and. and in, in my role here as Shape America president, we're talking about a ton of different things that we can do to be able to engage those emerging leaders and be able to uh, give resources to teachers on the ground that will help engage them. It can't always be the same champions that we go for. We've got to find those other teachers that are out there maybe doing things we don't even know they're doing, but we also have to rip teachers out of their classrooms and say, look, if you're not going to love kids, I don't need you in my profession. Out you go. Right. Out. Out. Get out. You know, and it it's a grim reality not only in our subject area but in every subject area. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know? Step oh. aside and let let somebody else do this. You know. So what's the best way now to what have you seen as maybe the best resources for teachers? Is it bringing in? Is it you know bringing in wow factors of new ideas? Like I know you know Shape America. Obviously, you have if maybe people don't know this. You have a huge convention you know, every year, like a a national convention, but there's also, you know, little kind of conventions or workshops or things around the country. Now, obviously, you know, I've been in the teaching profession for a long time and and I know that the teachers, not every teacher goes to these, number one. And I also know the value of seeing new ideas and new things and, and attending workshops and making yourself better. What have you seen work best to inspire those teachers? Is it bringing in, you know, programs or, or people that you see that are really inspirational to the schools to shake them up or is it just sending those select few that really need it or what have you seen that works right right so so our profession is moving away from the one and done workshop 
right? The thing that happens on the first day of school, right. you do it and then you forget all Yay. about it. And the handbook sits on the shelf for like 10 years and you're like, where did this come from? Um, a variety of, a, a variety of different professional development experiences we find works best, whether that's a webinar that you offer somebody or a convention that's local or the national convention or a cadre of courses that people can ta- take self paced online. Um, each, what our listeners might not know is that each state has a state affiliated Shape America kind of chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in New Jersey, it's called the New Jersey Association for Health, PE, Recreation, and Dance. And uh, they have a convention every year in Long Ranch, New Jersey in February. It's a fantastic event. It draws a lot of folks. It's our 100th anniversary. So wow. phys ed teachers out there, come on and join us. There's a really dynamic, charismatic keynote speaker that's going to be there. What's her name? Uh, Judy Lobianca. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I heard she sings. <laughs> I heard uh, yes. she she does some really great country and she can wear a great hat to That's it. That's right, right? Um, so, yeah, you don't want to miss that. There's a lot of great speakers that come in from all over the country, actually, and uh, cover those topics. But, you know, every teacher, just like every kid, is going to learn differently. And so if you're the teacher that enjoys a one-hour webinar and that's all you can handle, then great. If you're a teacher that loves the camaraderie and the energy that comes with a massive national convention super if you enjoy the state convention there's always something for everybody we have to make sure we keep it as uh, varied as we can and as a supervisor i'll tell you we often make a mistake of sending our best teachers to the convention no when i evaluate teachers and i see a weakness in their teaching i will send them to what it is that will make them better and particularly with teachers who are so less motivated than others and and are in it just to collect the paycheck and they're rolling out the ball plop them in the middle of a shape american convention and freak them out (laughs) love it and then force them to come home and turnkey that for everybody else you know what i mean it's uh we've got to disrupt we've got to disrupt this stereotype that that still exists out there that we're trying to fight against and uh, that's what shape america is here for what other type of programs are you guys rolling out? What are you working on? What's the what's the uh, the main initiatives uh, that you're either for this school year or the next ten years? What are you looking at? Well, there's a couple of staple um, published publications I'd love for physical educators to have. The first is the national standards. Um, Shape America sets that standard. We have national standards in physical education. Uh, many of the state uh, standards are based on those national standards. I, I would say the first thing I would tell physical educators is get that book. Get that book. Uh, And then there's a lot of really cool new resources. We've got lesson plans for elementary, middle, and high school that are based on those standards so that now you don't have to sit there and redo Mm -hmm. a lesson on a a foot coordination or um, the fitness circuit at the high school, whatever it is. It's all right there for you. So no reason to reinvent that wheel. Uh, We also have, of course, the professional development opportunities. We have an online learning management system where you can tailor make a course around what it is you need most. So let's say you want to learn how to incorporate social emotional learning into your program. Go find that. Let's say you want um, to learn about varied assessment at the K-5 level. You can go find that. Um, One of the big pieces we're working on right now, which has been very, very popular outside of physical education and health, and we don't really talk about it, is equity, inclusion, and diversity. Uh, we don't talk about that in physical education. We don't think about that in physical education. Shape America is extremely committed over these next few years, making sure that we are looking at that and making sure that every teacher in America, along with 50 million children who all look differently and are from different places, they can look at Shape America and reflect themselves. That's beautiful. We absolutely need to do that. So important. Yep. Slow clap. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You embarrass no, me. Stop. No, no it, it is. I mean, you, you just you don't you don't think about it, you know. And and you know the equality issue is is it's a big 
thing in our country right now, mm-hmm. and it you know it it's it's inclusive of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about physical education and and you know the the, the quality of of equipment that you know some people some kids may have access to that the others don't and it's just really 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 um you know just on it's something that is 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 so important that most people aren't looking at yeah like you said especially not in in terms of that maybe in the classroom setting but not necessarily uh you know in the phys ed gym setting feeding the whole child the whole person yeah and I think everyone that, that we talk to, especially, you know, whether it's fitness or nutrition, the people that are the top of the field in exercise science, you are the most, I think the most successful people are seeing the whole person. Right. And I think that's what's so important about Shape America that I think we need to get that word out to people is that gone are the days where it's okay to roll into a, you know, phys ed class where there's a ball and you're going to go at it. Gone are the days where you sit in a health class and are just watching, you know, the birthing video and that's cool. You know, gone are those days to make a really full functioning human because delivering someone out of high school, you know, you're going on your own. How are you making those choices of being fit, of moving every day, of making correct choices of of food even that's going to nourish your body, nourish your mind, nourish your soul. I mean, that's who you are. And and I think that that is such a huge message that that really is is coming out, you know, in in uh, you know, it's just bursting from you, Judy, because it's it comes from the heart. It really does. Your years in education, and you know, Brian and I feel the same way. Why we've left, we're recovering from our. We call it recovering. You know, <laughs> we're like recovering bankers, recovering you know teachers in one aspect. For me, you know, a, a teacher is a teacher is a teacher. I didn't go you know get my master's in curriculum instruction because I love writing curriculum. That wasn't the you know. I'm just not gonna. You know, I I love doing it because. I see the value and, and you really have to have something in your heart to be, you know, to, to be willing to put in that work because it is work. It is hard work, but the value in helping other people is really what is, is what you have to be born with. Like you said, when you ask someone, why are you going to teach? Yeah. Well, it's because I want to help change lives. Sure. Sure. And that's why our mantra kind of at Shape America is 50 million strong by 2029. We want to put a deadline on it. Um, but I think it's 50 million strong anyway, right? We, we have to think about 50 million children at all times. And at our organization, it's not 49,999,000. It's every single child, no matter where they're from, no matter where their families are, no matter their background, no matter what they have or don't have, um, no matter their circumstances. And here in New Jersey, what that means for us, for this to hit us in the face for a second, when I say health and physical education is a matter of life and death, just ponder that up until a few years ago, car accidents were what was killing our, our state's teenagers. Mm-hmm. Now it's overdose. Right. Now it's overdose. The health educator has got to get in there. Absolutely. How does it sound? What does it look like? What uh, services are we offering kids? What are we saying in our health education classes across the state of New Jersey uh, around this topic to make sure that kids internalize the message that they have a choice? Um, and they need to analyze their influences. So that's one very sobering example. I mean, it, we're having a great conversation. It's very exciting, but we have to remember that we've got a ground in reality about the fact that each adult in a school has a responsibility, particularly the health and physical education teacher. And uh, I just couldn't be more proud to be part of this profession, to be doing the work I'm doing, and to be giving of myself and my time. And I'm thankful for all the people who are doing that as well, including the two of you. Appreciate it. Got You got to go with your shine. That's it. We couldn't... We, couldn't imagine doing anything else. That's, and that's what I think is important, that the people out there 
feel that same way. And if not, like you said, it's time to move on. That's right. <laughs> Get him out. <laughs> Judy, this has been fantastic. This, this is, is fun. Really, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. I love talking to people that you could just, you see the happiness. Like you're doing what you are meant to do in life, Judy. Like this is, you know, if, if you ever wake up in the morning and be like, you know, I wonder if, slap yourself in the face for me. All right. Because if, if I'm not there, because you are exactly where the universe has put you right now and are Thank making you. some huge changes and Thank you. your influence is, is bigger than I think you can ever fathom. Um, you know, and hopefully well, I know through this podcast, we'll, you know, we'll get those, me- this message out to even more people, whether it's adults, children, you know, children's children's families, whatever, teachers, teachers I, that are listening right now, you heard about, you can go and ask for this money. This is not, you're not having Title this 4A. set up a lemonade stand, teachers, ask for this money. Get people, you know, get some professional development to your schools. Send people to these, you know, to the Shape America conference. Go to your state and go to those workshops. You know, you're going to find really just companies or people or something new, innovation. If you haven't looked up, you know, any of the brain science that goes behind some of this, that's where it's at. And you know what I would love to see the research in in the future Mm -hmm. is as our kids get healthy and start realizing you know, this neuroplasticity and whatnot, the movement in the brain. I wonder how that may affect brain development and maybe maybe some of the diseases maybe will be a little bit yeah. later. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to see those studies in the yeah. future. That would be interesting. It, it, to it is interesting because we have the studies and we, and we can implement these programs, and you, but you're kind of fighting from the other side too. Yeah. Right. right? We're, not, we're not, you know, we're not necessarily going to I – I don't foresee us as people – getting much healthier it's going in the opposite direction but the way that i've always seen it is one person one group one pocket of community at a time can improve health right right? and that's one way to to kind of offset it and i and i just think that that's uh you know it's just kind of kind of interesting we just need some players you know we just need some people to really do like put this together to improve the health of one kid, what that ripple effect has improving, you know, the masses. I have this dream in my lifespan that doctors will start to prescribe exercise as medicine. Someday. Exercise as medicine. It's amazing. And doctors don't know about exercise. They're not trained. They don't. Exercise. Or nutrition. Right. Right. So could you imagine? Let thy food be thy medicine. Right. There is, got, there is a piece. The ASC yeah. um, sports medicine folks are, mm-hmm. are working and dabbling in exercises medicine. It's an actual program, exercises medicine. But could you imagine if a doctor says, my prescription for you is exercise? That would be amazing. The only the only place you see it is in the cartoons that point out that the doctors don't you know that they, <laughs> they, they don't they prescribe it as as medicine. I mean antidepressant we know yeah. right now we know that that it that it also increases uh, brain function we know right you know it, it also improves improves just overall outlook oh, yeah. you know so like there's that mindfulness set to it and and you know I'm a big PMA guy you know and and, and the positive mental attitude mm-hmm. from my good friend BD Masada feeling good makes us feel good right and that's that's part of it it's a pillar of everything that I do with my clients you know we have to really see it as as uh you know as as, as just as important as anything yeah. and you're yeah. right you're right someday these doctors will get on the ball Sure. I did have a doctor who said, Christine, never stop moving. And I think that's important for 
everyone for kids, for adults, for anyone. Never stop moving. The second you stop, don't wait for something to happen to you. Just don't just do it now. You know, that would be my suggestion. We call it prehab. Prehab. Love the prehab. (laughs) Love the prehab. I love it. Well, Judy, we are just so thankful that you came by and, uh, partied with the two fit crazies today because you know we're out here we're trying to uh, inspire the world through health fitness and movement and we are just so thankful that you are such a great huge advocate of movement and health both body and mind and don't you ever stop doing what you're doing Thank you so much. And for more information on Shape America it's www.shapeamerica.org and follow me on Twitter at j l o b i a n c leave out that o for Oh, my God, this is so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you've got Instagrams and uh, Facebook pages and all those things. We'll connect. We'll we'll throw all that into the show notes so that way we can can connect uh, everybody to to what we're doing. And we're going to snap photos, I think, in a couple minutes here. And we're going to make sure that uh, that everybody knows who we had in our our dungeon here. Awesome. I love it. Judy, thank you so much. Thanks, the two of you, for doing what you're doing because you're changing the world. Thanks so much. You're making my heart warm. Absolutely. So with that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.